Hello to everyone. We're thankful for another opportunity that God's given us to look into and study the Word of God. We're certainly thankful for the riches of His grace, making a way for us to be saved and calling us into that by the Spirit and the Gospel. Certainly we are what we are by the grace of God, and we're thankful that He's allowed us to be here again. Thankful for each one of you that take the time to listen to us. We hope that the Lord will bless you through the Word of God. So last time we left off, we were in 1 Kings chapter 22. And again, this is a chapter that we don't see Elijah and Elisha. But Ahab, who has been the, uh, the foil for Elijah, that's where Elijah's ministry has been in the kingdom of Israel. And Ahab has been <coughs> the one that he's been dealing with throughout, um, throughout the account we have in Scripture. And in this chapter, we see Ahab is going to be killed in battle. So we're walking down through this chapter, maybe a little quicker than uh, we do other places, um, but it's necessary because the word of God through Elijah is going to be fulfilled here, um, a, a part of it, not completely, not the complete judgment against Ahab's house. That will come later, but the judgment against Ahab we see here. So we left off last time in verse 16, and just a quick review of what we've seen so far, um, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, the second kingdom there of the original 12 tribes that split uh, under Solomon's son Rehoboam's reign, Jehoshaphat, the king of the kingdom of Judah, has come and is with Ahab, who is the king of Israel. And Ahab is desiring to go to battle against Syria and retake Ramoth Gilead. And Jehoshaphat, uh, foolishly, maybe rashly, without thinking, without inquiring of God, he agrees and says, I'll go. Let's go. I'll go fight with you. My men are your men. And um, he desires to inquire of the Lord. So Ahab brings his 400 prophets of the groves and they put on their show and they say, go and God's going to deliver and you're going to win the victory. But Jehoshaphat says, is there not a man of the Lord that we can inquire of? Ahab says, there is one, Micaiah. He's, I hate him. He always prophesies evil. Um, but we'll call him. So he goes and calls him and Micaiah has come here. And he's standing before Jehoshaphat and Ahab. And Ahab says, What's the word of the Lord? Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead? And where we left off, um, Micaiah says, go and prosper. He answers in the same manner that all the prophets of the groves had spoken. And Ahab says, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? So Ahab says, this is not God's word. You tell me the truth. So in verse 17, we'll pick up. And he said, now this is Micaiah, the prophet of the Lord. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? So 
with that prophecy, it's easy to read that and say, well, he didn't say anything evil about Ahab there. But in reality, the message was, the Lord has shown me Israel without a shepherd. Their king is dead. He's been defeated. He's been killed in battle. And Israel goes back to their houses without a king. And so that is the word of God. Ahab, you go to this place. You're going to be killed in the battle. And Ahab says, look, Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you that this was going to happen? And, you know, ain't it something that man goes to the house of God and for whatever reason they go, whatever the motivation, whether it's family or anything else, the word of God finds them out and in the mind the devil says, look, I told you so. I told you not to go. I told you not to listen. The word of God is not going to agree with you. And man, that's what man is looking for. Something to pat them on the back and to let them know that what they're doing is a good work. And it's astounding to me when you really think about it, how the mind of man works in needing a pat on the back and assurance that what we're doing is right. Uh, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but around our place in the, the larger cities, there's those that sit on the side of the road and beg for money, and it is well known. They've got free food, they've got shelter, and the money you give them, they're going to go and buy alcohol or drugs or something that's going to destroy them. And yet, even though that's known, people still hand out. And that's because people are looking for that assurance. They need to know that they've done something that's good. And so, instead of not giving and all of that coming to an end, it continues and the cycle goes on. Well, Ahab here... He's looking for something to encourage him in the way that he's on. The word of God's opposed to it, and it doesn't bring him that satisfaction, that assurance, that pat on the back. But God is saying, look, Ahab, this is going to destroy you. And that's the word of God. To those that leave the truth of God, the word of God is you're going to be destroyed. As a result, this is going to bring nothing but trouble upon you and upon your life. This is going to bring judgment. This is going to bring death and destruction. And the man says, well, I knew better. We should have never went. Should have never heard. And you know, that's what he says in Peter. It had been better to have never known than to have known and turned from it. Lord, how dangerous that neglect of the word of God truly is. So Ahab says, I, I knew that was going to happen. I told you that he was going to prophesy evil. And so Micaiah is going to continue. And he said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, 
Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said, On this manner, and another said, On that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord, and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. So now, hard pill to swallow. And I realize this, that 19 to 22, that's a parable. That's a word picture. I don't believe that this literally went on, but it's being spoken in a manner that Ahab can understand. If Ahab's got a problem in the kingdom, he's going to call his counselors, he's going to call his wise men, his advisors, and his princes together. They're going to meet and decide what ought to be done. Well, that's the picture you've got here. God is going to destroy Ahab, and they are meeting to determine how that's going to come to pass. And listen now. The Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So man, man gives a lot of credit to the devil. And the devil is certainly going to be used, and I believe he's going to be used right here, to deceive to lead astray, and to cause Ahab to fall into destruction. But notice who is in control of every bit of it. God is in control of every bit of it. He's even in control of the lie that's going to be told to Ahab. God put the lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets. God sent Ahab, as we see in the New Testament, God sent Ahab strong delusion that he should believe a lie and be damned. This was God's doing. God is, without fail, in control of everything that's going on. So God allows the devil to tell this lie. Ahab believes this lie. And Ahab goes onward into destruction. I know man doesn't like that. Man doesn't want to think that, that God is going to bring destruction and judgment. But we want to say everything is the devil's fault. Now, I, I believe the spirit, the lying spirit. Now, who is a lying spirit? The devil is a liar from the beginning. A liar, a murderer, he's evil, but he is the creation of God and he is under God's control and authority. And the devil cannot act outside of the permission and the allowance of God. 
the devil is not a sovereign king and ruler that's opposed to God. God is the sovereign king and the ruler and in control of all things, even of the devil. Now, the devil's going to be the spirit in the mouth of these prophets, but it's going to be because God allows him to be. This is what we're going to do. We're going to allow the devil to deceive him with a lie. My God, how, how hard is that? How did we get to this place? Ahab has been in rebellion to the word of God from day one. Whose fault is it that we've wound up at this place? Ahab's deceived. Ahab believes a lie. Ahab's going to go to battle. And Ahab's going to be destroyed. And he's going to do so in complete opposition to the word of God and to the spirit of God. But the lying prophets and the spirit that's in their mouth bringing forth this lie, it's of the Lord as well. Now I realize that's a lot to think on, a lot to ponder about, but that is exactly what's going on here. Those that will be deceived, they're going to be deceived. Those that God will convince otherwise and draw to salvation, God will convince them and draw them to salvation. But remember this, the Lord is in control of everything. The devil has not won a victory over God in this situation. God's the victor and in control and the will and counsel of God is always being brought to pass. God shall send them strong delusion that they believe a lie and be damned who believe not the truth. That's Second Thessalonians chapter 2 of the New Testament. And in Romans chapter 1, God shall give them over. God shall give them up. God shall turn them over <clears throat> three times, maybe four in that chapter. You read those very words. What's God doing? God's giving man what he wants in the flesh. And man, he's being turned over to these lusts and to these desires to his own destruction. And so that's what's happening here. The Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets. And the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. So, you know, that's really what goes on day by day. The lying prophets, they're certainly present today, spreading lies and hypocrisy, uh, drawing man to a salvation that's not of the Lord, but of the flesh, leading man to destruction and to deception. And then you've got the few that speak in the truth, like Micaiah, and you've got the few that believe the truth, and the rest believe a lie. Now, what's the difference between those that believe the truth and those that believe a lie. Is the difference that they're somehow better? That they're stronger people? That they're wiser? That they're smarter? That they are more religious? I believe the New Testament rules out every single one of those because it's not the good it's not the mighty. It's not the noble. It's not the wise. 
that are called. There's not many of those that are called. But it's the foolish, the weak, the ignorant, the wicked, the castaways. That's who God calls to salvation. So what's the difference? The, the call of God is the difference. Almighty God is the one that maketh you to differ from everybody else. Remember that the Lord is in control. Remember that. So verse 24, But Zedekiah the son of Shanana, so here's Zedekiah the man with the iron horns we read about last week, one maybe even the leader we said of these 400 prophets of the groves, he's going to stand up. And he went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek. He's going to smite, slap, punch, whatever. He's going to strike the man of God in the face. And he says, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Boy, what boldness that the devil has towards the men of God. There's no respect. None. Absolutely no respect. But the message of God's contradictory to ours. We can't have that. So he smites him and he mocks him and says, when did the Spirit leave me and come to you? Well, there's two different spirits here, wouldn't you say? They're both from the Lord. But Zedekiah, the head of the prophets of the groves, he's filled with a lying spirit from the Lord. Micaiah is filled with the true Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead. He's speaking by divine inspiration from God himself. And Zedekiah is speaking from inspiration of the devil himself. But resistance to the truth. And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber and hide thyself. So the word of God to him is, you're going to know the truth as well. Ahab is going to be made aware that what I've spoke is true, and you're going to be made aware of it as well. And how are we going to know that? Because what God speaks is going to come to pass. Without fail, the word of God is going to come to pass. Ahab is not going to bring an army of mighty men together that's going to oppose and overcome the word of God. But the word of God is the conqueror, always will conquer, always will win, and always will come to pass. Micaiah says, you remember this. Remember that you smote me because the hour's coming and it's just around the corner, you're going to know what I've said's the truth and what you've said is the lie. How many times has that come to pass? And still man's heart's not turned to the truth. Man still doesn't repent, even though the word of God continually overcomes. The word of God's going to conquer. So much so in Nahum. Now Nahum was probably a hundred years or so after Jonah. And he's going to go and prophesy to Nineveh. So Nineveh repented. They turned from their sins as a city. God spared the city. But a hundred years later, they're, they're back in sin and in rebellion. And God's going to bring judgment again. So the Lord says in Nahum, and I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to turn and read there. There's several places that you can look. But he's telling them, get your army ready. Get your shields. Get your mighty men. Come out to battle. Make yourself sure. <clears throat> because I'm coming to destroy you. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to overcome. And certainly the Lord is going to overcome. And if you're standing for the gospel and for the truth, they may smite you on the cheek. They may make fun of you. They may run you down. They may call you a false prophet. They may say you ain't, you've not got the spirit a bit more than a man in the moon. And yet, you can be confident of this. If you are indeed following God, the word of God will overcome and you can rest in that. Now, is, is Micaiah going to overcome? Not in the flesh. Verse 26. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction, and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. So the king says, get this man out of here, put him in prison, and bread of affliction, and water of affliction. What they're doing there is they're putting him in the prison. Jeremiah, you see a picture of it. He's sunk up in the mire of the dungeon, and they're feeding him with bread and water of affliction. He's not getting enough to be full. He's not getting enough water to be hydrated. They're giving him just enough to be alive. Just enough so that he doesn't die of starvation or die of thirst. That's what the bread of affliction and water of affliction is. He's afflicted. He's continually thirsty and he's continually hungry and yet he's not dying of it they're giving him just enough to keep him alive, but never enough to uh, satisfy his body's need for food and water. And therefore, he's in affliction. He's in torment. Why is he in this place? Because of the message that he stands for in the Word of God. Now that's a shame, but that's exactly what's going on here. And Micaiah said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So the word of God, he, he has the last word here in this exchange. But notice this. <clears throat> He's going to be there. You hold him there till I come back. My, and, you know, I, I would assume this. Ahab in his mind... He's got himself coming back in victory. And they're going to pull this man out of prison and they're going to mock and make fun of him and probably kill him. That's probably what's on their mind. And Micaiah says, if you return in peace, then you'll know that the Lord didn't speak by me. And he says to everybody, hearken, pay attention and hear what I'm saying. And the thought is now, when this comes to pass, remember what God said. Realize, recognize that the word of God is the truth. 
So in Deuteronomy, Moses said of the prophets, you'll know whether the Lord spoke by them. So whether the word comes to pass or not, if the word doesn't come to pass, then you'll know they did not speak of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. They didn't. A lot that's spoken today, it's not inspired of the Lord. People have left the house of the Lord and said God's going to bless. People's left the word of God and said the Lord's going to bless. And today their life is honest to God. It's not better off, but it's went downhill since that day. And still there's no recognition. Well, hearken, people, every one of you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. So here they go. They're going up in spite of the word of God, and Ahab's going to leave the man of God in prison. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. Now, Ahab, thinking, well, boy, he's prophesied this, but I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen because I'm going to dress up <coughs> like one of the soldiers and nobody in the battle is going to know who I am. But Jehoshaphat, see Syria, they don't know that Jehoshaphat's here. You dress up like a king and if anybody's going to be killed, it'll be him. He'll be the one to die because they'll be after him and not me because I'll be disguised I'm, I'm going to get around this word of God. Just in case that this word of God's right, I'm going to do this and be disguised. Nobody will know and I'm going to make it. Well, that's what people want in the church. Disguising their self with hypocrisy, with lies, with false professions, and with all manner of things that's of the devil to try to get around the judgment and the wrath of God. But can God be fooled? I mean, we're not worried about the Syrians, the God's truth. Whether the Syrians know who Ahab is or not, it's not going to matter. But it's God that man ought to be concerned with. But Ahab's thinking now about the battle that's at hand right before him, and he's thinking about the armies of Syria. And he says, they're not going to know who I am. They're not going to attack me. They're not going to kill me because I'm going to be disguised. And man today wants to sit among the church, wants to talk to the preacher, wants to talk to the, uh, the church, and wants to put on a disguise of hypocrisy and blend in with everybody else. And boy, I'll never be found out when the truth is it's God the entire time that we ought to be concerned with. If we successfully hide and the people of the church Never know about it. God, not for a second, was ever deceived. Though we think we've done it and we've got away with it, God's never for a second been fooled by our hypocrisy. Though we give a good speech and say, this is what God's told me to do, the church may have been fooled by it. 
God never was. God knew where Ahab was in the battle the entire time, disguise or not. And God knows where you are as well. But I'm going to say this. Anybody with any discernment in the church, they're able to discern not because they're smarter than you, but because of the Holy Ghost that reveals and guides them to all truth that dwells and resides in their heart, they're able to discern the truth from a lie. And so Ahab disguised himself, goes to battle, tells Jehoshaphat, you put on your robes, you're going to be the target, Jehoshaphat. If they're out to kill me, like Micaiah said, I'll be disguised and you'll be the one that's going to bite the bullet. Boy, that's a real friend, ain't it? That's the kind of friends that the devil's got in the world. They're all for you. They want you to have your way. They want you to be blessed. But boy, when it comes down to it, you're going to die and I'm going to be the one to live. In reality, they're for their self and not for you. And so it came to pass. But the king of Syria commanded his 30 and 2 captains that had rule over his chariots, fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. Boy, here you go. Now Ahab's going to be disguised. Jehoshaphat's going to be the only king that's going to be in the battle. And the host of the Syrians, and the king of Syria says, look, Ahab's our problem. Don't fight with anybody but the king. You find him in the battle and you go destroy Ahab. He's the problem. We get rid of him. We won't have to worry about any of this other mess. So with that directive, it sounds like Ahab's got a sound plan. He's going to be disguised. They're not going to know who he is. Boy, Ahab, he's a smart man. He's going to get away with it. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, Surely it's the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. So here they come. They're in battle now. <clears throat> They're not worried about anything else. They see the king. They said, well, there's Ahab. Let's go get him. They leave everything else, and they're out for one thing. All of these men are out to kill Ahab. And it gets close. Sounds like Jehoshaphat is in pressure and about to die, and he cries out. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. So you tell me this ain't God working in all of it. They say, wait a minute, this ain't Ahab. And they pull back. Jehoshaphat's not going to be killed in this battle. No. So they withdraw from him, and they turn from pursuing him. And I realize we're, we're at a good spot right here to stop, I believe. So Ahab, he's disguised. Jehoshaphat's dressed as a king. The king of Syria says, you go kill the king and forget about everything else. They go after Jehoshaphat because he's dressed as a king. But when Jehoshaphat cries out, the Lord opens their eyes, lets them see this is not their man, and they turn back. And so we'll pick up right there next time. Hope the Lord blesses you.
Hope you have a wonderful week. We love you and pray for us.